Well, good evening. Glad to see everybody here tonight. I'm sorry I'm running about three minutes late, so y'all forgive me this time if you would. All right. We'll get to our, to our announcements this evening. Uh, let's see. This is the 12th. Let's see. Uh, this coming Saturday in the Fellowship Hall, 830 in the morning, is men's breakfast and a devotion and some good, uh, just good old plain, good old fellowship. And so we encourage all of you guys that can come and be a part of that. No age limit, no age restrictions whatsoever. So you have no excuses. All right. Um, let's see, we're in July. Uh, uh, July 29th, 1130 at El Mexicano, right over there in the little mall over there. Uh, 1130. At the, in, in the morning, we'll be meeting for prime timers. No age limit, no res, age restriction there either. We just call ourselves prime time. If you want to come, you come. We will not turn you away whatsoever. So um, be aware of those. And then August the 5th uh, is our uh, is men's Bible study, also in the fellowship hall at 8.30 in the morning. So August, Saturday, August 5th, first Saturday of the month, they have men's Bible study. I think they have some kind of snacks or something to, to have or eat there when they do that. So be aware of that, if you will, uh, and keep all of these things in mind. Uh, just uh, want to remember, uh, we want to go to the Lord in prayer. Have all the needs, all our needs and prayer requests that are on our list. I ask you to just uh, look those over. If you don't have one, kind of keep one handy and look it over. But uh, Sister... Um, Carol told me that Brother Charles Burnham, Charles and Deatra, passed away earlier this week. And so let's keep their family in their prayers. Keep Sister Deatra in your prayers and their family. Uh, that the Lord would just minister uh, to them, minister his peace, his comfort that only he can give. And just, uh, and just remember their family. Uh, that's all I know, and probably I guess all Sister Carol knew, because she, if she knew something else, she'd have told me. So, <laughs> but anyway, let's remember their family, and I'm sure as soon as we know what, when the details of all of the uh, of the funeral and everything are, are ready, they'll pass that along to you. Hopefully, in the the uh, what we call the remind text is the text that we get. So, but let's remember them in our prayers tonight. And that the Lord would just keep them in perfect peace. Uh, who's, those, the Bible says he keeps in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed upon him. So let's remember the, the Burnham family tonight. Uh, might be you have a need or prayer request we can pray with you about tonight before we, as we pray. Yes, Miss Kate.
John and Shauna, right? No, John Cross, Darla's husband. Oh, John Cross, Darla's husband, okay. Yes. They think John he has kidney, kidney stones? Kidney stones, oh. and they're headed to the hospital. Okay, let's remember John and Darla Cross in our prayers tonight. Uh, that the Lord will just minister to them, and, and they help with our young people, so we appreciate the kind of church on Sunday. So, yes, Missy. Karen. Okay, gotcha. Thanks, Ruth. Uh, so let's remember Travis uh, Alvin. 
Brian's family and that the Lord will just minister to them um, as well as a very difficult um, for families a lot of times especially if it's unexpected you know some, I guess you know sometimes it is and sometimes it's still hard even if it's expected so just remember this thing tonight anyone else don't want to leave anybody out but I want to grab this out of alright let's stand together Let's go to the Lord in prayer and just ask God to guide and direct us into ministering these hearts and lives. And then remain standing and we'll worship the Lord together in spirit and in truth. Heavenly Fathers, we come before you tonight. Lord God, we come to give you honor and glory and praise. We come before your throne this evening to thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, for the life that we have, for yes. all of the blessings. Father God, that you bestow on our hearts and our lives. We thank you, Lord God, because it's your God. Lord, and there is nothing impossible for you. And I just thank you, Lord God, that as we call upon you, we know that your word says that your ear is open unto the cry of your children. Lord, that your eyes go to and fro throughout the earth, watching over your people, watching over those that you love and care, Lord, for, and that you have given the, the life of your son for. And we thank you, Lord God, that you hear us when we pray. We thank you, Father God, that you know the need even before we ask. It. But you've also told us in your word to ask and we would receive, to seek and we would find, to knock and it would be opened unto us. And Father God, we just give you the praise because that you are God. You are on your throne. And Father, there is nothing that is impossible with you. There is nothing, Lord God, today that we're facing that you cannot take care of in all of its entirety and all of its fullness. And Father God, we just thank you for that assurance. We thank you, Lord, for that confidence that we have in you tonight to come before you, to come boldly before the throne of grace, that we may obtain help in time of trouble. And Father God, we just are bringing these, Lord, that are in need tonight, Father. We pray, Father God, for these, Lord, for Brother Vernum's family, Lord God, for Sister Deatra today. Father God, we ask you, Lord, to minister to them, touch their hearts, touch their lives, surround and envelop them in the power and in the presence of your Holy Spirit. May your comfort, may your peace, Lord, just flood their hearts and minds today and minister to them. Lord, not just today, but Lord, in the days that are to come. Lord, through the services and, and through the things, Lord, that they have to deal with. Father, just keep them in your peace. Lord, for Travis Alban's family, Lord, as well, we pray this peace. Lord God, we pray your precious presence. Lord, just to touch their hearts and lives and envelop them in your love, Father, we pray. And minister to them, Lord God. Lord, we pray for John Cross this evening, Lord. Asking you right now, Father, to reach down your hand and touch him, spirit, soul, and body. Lord, give healing, Lord God, and just minister to him. Lord, and just help the doctors, Lord, to find and be able to take care of this quickly. Lord, without incident. And Lord, that it may not become a, an emergency thing, but Lord, that you touch him and minister to him, spirit, soul, and body. And Lord, also for Sister Dalla, Lord, that you give her the, the peace of her mind. 
that she needs, Lord, that know that you are in control, Father, and that you're taking care of this situation. You're healing, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray, Lord, for, for Kathy and for Brother Black, Lord, today. Lord, Lord, having to be without the Lord air conditioner or some kind of cooling. Father God, just open the doors that they need to have open. Supply the need, Lord God, and do it quickly, Father, Lord. For you, Lord, know exactly how, how dangerous, Lord, the heat has been today. And, Lord, you know how difficult it is. And we just ask you, Lord, to supply that need. It is a material need. But, Father, it's also a physical one. And, Lord, we're just believing you that the need is being met right now in the precious and in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, Father, we pray, Lord God, and thank you, Lord, for the good report for Brother McAllister, Lord. We just wait. We're anxiously await hearing. Lord God what you have done and Lord that we know Father that as you move by your spirit Lord you touch hearts and lives and Lord you minister Lord not only to, to the one that needs it but to those that love and care for that individual and Father we give you praise and honor and glory tonight Father in the precious name of Jesus and Lord we just honor you and glorify and magnify and exalt your name tonight Father have your way in this service Lord to help us to worship you in spirit and in truth and Lord God may your will be done in the name of Jesus we pray amen amen remain standing and we're going to try to lead you in some songs tonight Awesome in this place. Nah, let me go back. I gotta go back and find it, y'all. Hang on just a second. Brother Dennis, keep playing. I'll catch up in a second. I'm sorry. Thank you, Lord. God is awesome. God is a loving God. We must worship Him tonight. As I come into your presence. Past the gates of praise Into your sanctuary Till we're standing face to face I look upon your countenance I see the glory of your face And I can only bow down and say you are awesome in this place mighty God you are awesome in this place Abba Father you are worthy of all praise to you our lives we raise you are awesome in this place mighty God you are awesome in this place mighty God you are in this place of a father 
worthy of all praise to you our lives we raise you are awesome in this place mighty God let's do it one more time you are awesome in this place mighty God you are awesome in this place Abba Father you are worthy of all praise to you our lives we raise you are awesome in this place mighty God he is here hallelujah he is here Amen. He is here. Holy, holy, I will bless his name again. He is here. Listen closely. Hear him calling out your name. He is here. You can touch him. You will never be the same. I sense an awesome moving of the Holy Spirit I see his countenance resting on each face I know that there are Hovering all around us For the presence of the Lord Is in this place He is here Hallelujah He closely hear him calling out your name he is here 
touch him, here will never be the same. He is here. Hallelujah. He is here. Amen. He is here. Holy, holy, I will bless his name again. He is here. Listen closely. Hear him calling out your name. He is here. You can touch him. You So 
Can we exalt him tonight? Father God, we honor you. You are high and lifted up. Lord God, your word is faithful and true. You are mighty in power. You are mighty in power, mighty in glory, mighty in works, mighty, Lord, from your very being. Lord, be flows of strength and power out of your out of your existence father gums comes the life that we have the godliness that we need lord it comes from you and we exalt you we lift you high lord god for thou alone art worthy Lord, you have created all things and they were created by you and they were created for your pleasure God, we just honor you and we glorify you and magnify your holy and your righteous name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the privilege of being your children and being able to walk and sense the power and the presence of your spirit in this place tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, have your way right now. Lord, we just get out of your way. We just get out of your way, Holy Spirit. Glory and honor and praise to the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. 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 Bless your name, O oh Lord. Bless your name, O oh Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Brother Dennis. Amen. Appreciate Brother Dennis helping us out tonight. He makes even a fairly bad singer sing sound pretty good. Thanks, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, the Lord is good. And all the time, God is good. I'm going to get down here amongst you. Oh, thank you, Lord. page where I need it to be. There we go. 
I had a title and thought about this, I think looking around the room, most of you will remember this phrase, ding dong, Avon calling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to put a little bit of a spin on that. The title of this sermon is Jesus Calling. Jesus Calling. In your Bibles, turn to the book of Revelation. Interesting book to read from. I want to read from chapter 3, verse 20. It's a very interesting portion of Scripture. Let me put give you some background for just a moment. The last church that Jesus talks to in the, in the first three chapters of the book of Revelation, the last church that he talks to and that this verse is a part of talking to that church is the Laodicean church. Interesting enough that Laodicea was in a place where several miles away there was hot springs and several miles the other way was cold springs and they had to aqueduct their water in and by the time it got there it was lukewarm. One of the commentators says that when people would come to Laodicea for the first time and take a drink of water they'd spit it out. wonder why. It was lukewarm. It wasn't hot. It wasn't cold. It just, bleh, is there, you know. Laodicea was known for three things. It was a very wealthy city. Not This is not things it was known for. It was a very wealthy city. It was a city of banking. It was a city of wool, woolen items, the, the making of wool and, and selling woolen items. They also were known for their medicine, especially, get this, their eye salves. Okay? That's the, one of the, the three major products of the, the city of Laodicea was their banking, their woolen clothing, and their eye salve. Makes what Jesus said to the church quite interesting, does it not? Because he takes the things that they were known for and brings it to them. He says to them in that through that church, it, it's the lukewarm church. They had gotten so wealthy. They had gotten so uptown, and, and, and I don't know if my granddaughter watches this or not, but they had become high society, yeah. <laughs> the snooty kind. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you have to understand that's, that's a joke between me and my, grand, grand, my oldest granddaughter, but she'll understand. But they had become very conceited in their physical, worldly position. The church had. He wasn't talking to the city itself. He was talking to that church there. He talks about them. He says, I wish you were hot or you're colder, but you're neither one, so I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. It's a bad taste. 
He says, I urge you to buy gold tried in the fire. I urge you to buy yet clean linen garments. And I salve, he said, because you're blind, you're poor, you're wretched, you're naked, you're destitute, and you don't even know it. What was wrong with them? Why were they? Because they had neglected God. God was not part of their lifestyle. If they thought about Him, they, they, the, one of the writers, commentators I read, said they weren't lukewarm. In other words, they, were, they weren't cold. They hadn't totally gotten rid of God altogether. But they weren't on fire for God neither. There was no zeal. There was no passion. There was nothing going on in that church that God could find noteworthy. He found noteworthy stuff, but it was not. Let me rephrase it. He did not find anything that was praiseworthy. Jesus makes a statement when in one of the Gospels, maybe he's recorded a couple of times, but he makes a statement, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? We look at the world today, faith is... People want to shove faith and Christianity and the gospel back in a corner somewhere. I have I find it interesting. I do not. I know a little bit about this movie called uh, the one that's selling like hotcakes right now, and uh, it's about the girls. Yeah, I can't remember the name of. It. There's no something. Sound of Freedom. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. It is outselling, and, and now don't misunderstand me. I'm an Indiana Jones fan. I like the Indiana Jones movies. I, I know they're goofy. I know, but I just like them, okay? Don't hold that against me, please. Forgive me if, if you really just, just forgive me for it. But it outsold. They pre-sold tickets. And if I remember the numbers correctly, this Sound of Freedom movie cost like 15 million to make and Indiana Jones was 100 and something million but whatever but their their pre-sales was somewhere around 10 million dollars and the box office for Indiana Jones was somewhere around maybe 6 million that's what they've gotten off of it so far what why because it talks about the truth of something that's going on that needs to be brought to light and something that the church needs to understand. It happens. The exploitation and sexual trafficking of human beings. It's against God. It's against the laws of God. It's against the nature of God. It is not something that God intended to happen, but the enemy is doing his best to pervert and to destroy and to cause everything that God has said was good to be evil thought of. I got a news flash for you, Satan. I read the back of the book and God wins this thing. I read the back of the book and the, the last chapter of the book of Revelations declares uh, to me a new heaven and a new earth. There's a new heaven. There's going to be a place where righteousness dwells, where justice dwells, and He will rule with a rod of iron. 
There will be no this skirting around the law. There'll be none of this stuff of getting by with wrongdoing. There'll be no getting by with sin. It will not happen. A lot of people think, well, what difference does it make? You know, you can get do wrong and get by. Crime doesn't pay. you got to be kidding. Look, all these uh, people doing wrong stuff, they're making money hand by fist. But the thing about it is they will spend if they do not repent. And church, we need to pray for them to find the God and find the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and repent because if they don't, they will spend an eternity in a devil's hell. And it was not created. It was created for the devil and his angels. It was not created for mankind. But mankind will go there because they refuse the call of God. That, was, that wasn't even in my notes. This church was in a sad spiritual condition. God calls them to repentance. God calls them to come back to Him. God calls them to, to repent. He literally tells them, you need to repent. Oh, but we're in church. You know, we're, we're this. I know Don Heilman. That puts me in good standing with God, right? Well, it would be nice if it did, but I don't think it does, Brother Don. <laughs> no offense, sir. You're a good man. Don't misunderstand me. But what I'm saying, it's not the fact of who you know in this world that is going to matter. It is who you know when you stand before that great white throne judgment of God. And for those blood-bought children of God, we will be able to stand before that throne and we will say, I plead the blood of Jesus. Because it washed me and it made me clean. It saved me. It made me whole. It put me in a right relationship with God Almighty. This church did not have that. Verse 20. Now let's get to where I'm going. Ding dong. Jesus calling. Notice what he says. Behold. Stop for a minute. Why does he say that? Does anybody remember? Some of you are old enough to remember this. I've seen pictures of it. Do you remember what it used to say on the cross bucks at a railroad crossing? Come on. Think back. What did it used to say on the cross bucks at a railroad crossing? Stop. Look. And listen. What does behold mean? Stop, look, and listen. Jesus makes this statement. Jesus is the one talking. Jesus is the one that says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. But church, that's not all he's doing. Because he goes on to say, If any one, hear my voice and open the door. I will come in and sup with him and he with me. I thought about I was, the Lord taught and put this in my spirit, and I keep looking this. Lord, I'm not sure why does it say, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
If any man hear my voice. Go to the Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 2. I won't read it out loud, but look at what it says. No, it wasn't Jesus calling. Trust me. Will you will you kill that? Will you kill that for me, please? It wasn't Jesus calling either. Solomon, Song of Solomon, chapter five, verse two. That first chapter, first part of that chapter talks about the lady, and she hears the sound. Of her beloved. Notice what it says. Look in look in chapter look verse two, chapter five, verse two, Song Solomon. My beloved calls, he knocks and he calls. He he knocks, saying. You know we're so used to ringing the doorbell and wait to see if they come answer it. I suspect. In those days, when they knocked, they said, It's me. Hey, sweetie pie. <laughs> Do I? No ring doorbells. No cell phones. No smartphones. But he, it, it makes this point. And if you go read the rest, more and more of that chapter, you will find she makes excuses. Why should I just... I, I've, I've gotten ready for bed. Everything, I'm, everything's, you know, I've taken a bath. I can't go put my shoes on, get my feet dirty. It's, but then she goes looking and he's gone. Turn over to Luke chapter 12, verses 35. Start at verse 35. Luke chapter 12, verse 35. This one may help us explain, understand this. Because I'm going, I've been asked, Lord, this doesn't make sense. Okay, you're talking about, you, you knock, but then if we hear your voice. So he's knocking and he's saying. Luke chapter 12, verse 35, talks about a, a man has gone away to get married. And in verse 36, he says, blessed are those, I'm just going to paraphrase, but he said, blessed are those men who I find when he comes back and knocks on the door to get back, he's the master of the house. He's gone. He comes from a wedding. He's coming back. But the Bible says, and Jesus says it, blessed is the man or the men that are watching and waiting for the master to knock on the door. Now you go read the rest of that. Read verse 37, 36 and 37. What does he say? In essence, he says, those men that I find, that the master finds waiting, that when he knocks on the door, when he speaks to them, the password maybe, I don't know. But the thing about it is when he speaks to them, knocks on the door and says, it's the master, they know his voice. And immediately they open the door. But notice what he says about what the master does Jesus goes on to say the master will come in and tell those servants sit down at the table and he will feed them himself 
wait a minute. That's not how it's supposed to be. You serve the master, right? Notice, remember, let's stop and think for a minute. What example did Jesus give us about this? Out of his own life, out of his, the experiences that we read that he went through. What happened at the Last Supper? Jesus took the form of a servant, took the towel, and washed his disciples' feet. He washed Judas's feet. He tried to wash Peter's, and Peter's, whoa, no, no, whoa, 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 you're the master man. I mean, that's. And Jesus looked at him. If I can't wash your feet, then the rest of you ain't going to do you any good to get that washed. Why? Because it was obedience. Jesus makes a statement. He said, you call me master, and that, is, and that you should. But he said to them, the servant will be like the master. Unless you do what I have done to you, to others, you're not fit for the kingdom. Why did he do that? Why did he do a servant's job? Stop and think about this, church. Do, do we realize, sometimes I think that the, the, all of the facts, we overlook them sometimes. Jesus is the Son of the living God. If anybody ought to be washing anybody's feet, we need to be washing His. But He washed their feet. He served them. He loved them. The Bible says in that he loved them, he loved them to the end. He still loves his church. But understand something, boys and girls. God, just like Jesus, like he was in that book of Revelation, if there's something in our lives that needs to be changed, God is going to bring it to your attention. And you better hope, and I'm going to say this as gently as I know how, you better hope your big ears are listening more than your big mouth's talking. I want him to be able to whisper this, you need to quit doing that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. God should not have to yell to get our attention. I think about, and somebody help me with this one. One of the, the prophets, remember the Bible says that there was an earthquake. There was a strong wind, but God was not in the earthquake. I can't remember which, Elijah? Elijah. My wife says it's Elijah, so I'm going to go with my wife. You know, do not disagree with the wife. <laughs> no, nah, she's smart. Elijah, there was an earthquake, a whirlwind. There was an earthquake. It seemed like it was one other thing. But the last thing was a still, small voice. Why? God doesn't need to yell. If we're going to follow God, church, if we're going to be what God wants us to be, we have got to be listening. One of my mother's favorite sayings, not favorite, but I heard it more often than not. Clean the wax out of your ears so you can hear what I'm telling you. <laughs> yes, ma'am. 
sometimes, if we're not careful, even as Christians, we let all of the stuff start drowning out the voice of the Father. And He's not going to yell. That gentle leading. Sometimes I'm, I'm going to say this. Dave, I hope you don't get mad at me. I was listening to Brother Dave uh, Ford. He sits back here on the back row. Very quiet man. But you get him started talking. He's he, he just wonderful to listen to. Told me a story about moving back to Oklahoma. And I won't, I'll just hit the highlights. But he said the whole point about uh, he felt like he needed to come back home. He had to come back home, uh, take care of his mother who was very ill and would soon pass. But he, 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 when he went back to California, he said, really, I just want to go back to Oklahoma. And he said, God dropped all the details in place. And he makes this statement. He said, I was going to, uh, to I think he was going to rent a truck and put his pickup, pull his pickup behind truck, put what stuff he had in, and come westward. And I can't remember. It had to have been somewhere, I think, late October, November, something like that. Well, you know what happens in the Sierra Nevadas <laughs> come October, November? They usually start getting snow. He said, but one night he was thinking, Lord, he said, it's like the Lord, that's not the way you need to go. Okay, Lord, what way did I go? He said, he remembered that outfit called Pods. You put your stuff in your deal, they ship all of your stuff for you. And so he did that. And he got back up, I think, in the Sierra Nevadas up there where Donner Pass and all that kind of stuff is. What did they have? Big snowstorm. And he said he was driving his pickup in 40 mile an hour, but it was he was making time. But he said the one spot that went fishing, fishing, the next thing went. Pew. But he didn't go off in a ditch. And he said, you know, if I hadn't have been listening to God with that big old truck, I'd have probably wound up way down in that ravine. Now, I've never been there in person. Here we go, James. <laughs> but I have on my Steam account a train simulator that goes through the Sierra Nevadas where Donner Pass is. And the scenery is authentic. You get up on top of them mounts, it's a long way down to the bottom. A long way. But because he listened, he made it safely. As long as we listen, we're going to make it safely. He will knock. The Greek word for knock means literally rap. I can't do that. That thing, them wood's too hard. Can't make it loud enough. Yeah, ouch. Need tougher knuckles. But he's, he raps, but he's still, when he's knocking, he's speaking. He's speaking. Jesus calling. Jesus calling. What does he say? 
If you open the door. You have to open the door. Now, some say, one commentator said, this was just for the church and not to be taken personally. I think it needs to be taken both ways. It's personal and it's corporate. It can be for a church body. It can be for the church as a whole. As Brother Gary would say, the, the umbrella church, the big church. Or it can be for one individual. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and open the door, I will come in. Now, here's the neat part. Just stop and think about this. I will come in and dine with him and he with me. What does that suggest for this guy? It suggests a very intimate friendship and a very intimate relationship. You stop and think about how wonderful it would be literally to open the door. Jesus is standing. Come on in, Jesus. And he's going, what's for supper? Well, we got uh, meat and meat and more meat. <laughs> That's my wife and I. We got beans. We got cornbread. This, whatever. But he comes down. He says, I will sup, dine with him and he with me. Stop thinking about what the Laodicean church was missing. Sure, they had all the money they needed. They had all the prestige they could have wanted. But they missed the most important thing. And if we're not careful as a church, we'll miss it too. What am I talking about? Church, the most important thing you and I can have when we gather together on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night is the power of in the presence of God Almighty. I don't have to have a dime. doesn't make any difference if I've got a dime in my pocket or if I've got $10,000 in my pocket. That's not important. David put it this way, Lord, do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. Are riches wrong? No. If they don't rule your life. Is prestige wrong? No. If it doesn't rule and run, and run your life. If it rules and run your life and it's not God, it's wrong. Okay? God didn't say it was wrong to be rich. God had a lot of rich folks. Jesus had a lot of rich people. Paul ran across some rich people. But they made Jesus Savior and Lord of their life. And that was the most important thing in their life. Jesus calling. Jesus calling. Would you bow your heads with me tonight? Father God, thank you, Lord, for your word. As short, Lord, maybe as it has been, I really feel like you want us to understand that you're always calling. You're calling us into a deeper relationship with you. It matters not how long our relationship has been with you. You want a closer one. You want a more intimate one. Help us, Father, to want that same intimacy with you. 
for Lord, we can't walk without you walking beside us. We cannot live this Christian life without the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit. We cannot be everything that you want us to be in the kingdom with unless you are with us and in us and working through us. Father God, help us to realize, Lord, that that call is still there. We may have made Jesus Savior and Lord of our lives, but the call is still there. The knock is still there. Come closer. Come closer. With every head bowed and every eye closed for a few moments. Jesus is calling. Jesus is calling you. He does stand at the door. He does knock. But you have to open the door. You have to recognize I need him as my Savior. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing I have that gets me into heaven. As I said a while ago, the one thing when we stand before the judgment throne of God, all I can do as God's child is plead the blood of Jesus that has washed me and made me clean. That's my only claim to heaven is I've been washed in the blood of Jesus. Don't say, but I need to clean my life up. I need to get some things taken care of first. Jesus didn't say that. He says, come unto me and I will give you rest. He says, call upon me. In the book of John, he talks about, he said, he came into the world. He came into his own, but his own did not receive him. But to as many as received him, to them gave he the power and the authority to be called the sons of God. In simple prayer, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Wash me and make me new. Clean the inside and then clean the outside. And he'll do it. It's a simple prayer. Just mean it from your heart. He's the only way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by Jesus. That's why he came. That's why he lived. That's why he gave his life on the cross of Calvary. And that's why God raised him from the dead on the third day. And the Bible declares that he now sits the right hand of the majesty on high. And he ever lives to make intercession for his people. Those that have made Jesus saving word of their life. Every head still bowed for just a moment. If there's anyone here tonight that this has spoken to you and you hear Jesus calling, would you lift your hand? You need Jesus. You need to know that He's Savior and Lord of your life. Everything may, may not be going like you think it ought to. But if you've got Jesus as Savior and Lord of your life, He is walking with you through it. Okay? 
He's walking with the Burnham family. He's walking with the Alden family if they know Jesus. As hard as these things are, he's still walking through it with, with us. Would you join me in prayer tonight as we get dismissed? Father God, thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Father, for the promise that you never leave us or forsake us. That, Lord, when we go from this place, you go right along there with us. You ride in the car with us home. You ride wherever we've got to be or wherever we've got to go during our week or whatever we got to do, whether it's at work or play or, or whatever our schedules are about, the doctor's office, whatever. Lord, you always walk with us. Your word says you never leave us or forsake us. And I thank you, Father God, and pray, Lord, for every person in this house tonight. I ask you, Lord God, to touch them. Minister to every need. Supply the need, whether it's physical, material, financial, personal, mental. doesn't matter what the need is. Supply the need. Father, in the name of Jesus, and may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard and rule our hearts and minds. In Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name we pr pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. God bless you for being here tonight. Go out the door with the Lord, because He's going out the door with you.